I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode of 12 Pack Radio is made possible by Nextiva, the official communications partner of the Pac-12 and the best business phone service as chosen by Hulk Hogan, Rob Barron, and the Queen of England. Nextiva helps companies all over the Pac-12 stay connected to customers and coworkers using one easy-to-use app. Get Nextiva for your business and get business phone service, video, video conferencing, team chat, call reporting, and more, all for a fraction of what you would pay for those services separately. Rob, do you see that that one cloud computing company sold for like $14 billion? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like to Zoom? Yeah. I, I hope that's Nextiva. Make great calls every day. Visit nextiva.com slash 12-pack to get started. Oh, South Kakalaka! Don't you dare be sour! Clap for your world-famous two-time champs and feel the power! It's a new day. Yes, it is. For 12-Pack Radio, get excited, y'all. Welcome back, everyone, to 12-Pack Radio, your podcast source for Pac-12 football news, the home of the Beta Rink College Football Statistical Model, and your home for Pac-12 gambling advice with William Hills' Max Meyer. This is Brian Conger. Thank you for joining us. It is the offseason, but Pac-12 football is getting closer. I think we're down to the 90-day mark as we continue to roll through. And I'm joined, I'm joined by the way, by Rob Bowron from Sharp College Football. What's going on, Rob? Not much. I'm, I'm excited. We, uh, we're getting real close. I think it's. I think we're actually down to like... Less than 50 days. Oh, my gosh. That's great. So exciting. It also makes me really nervous because I need to have done a lot more at work. But um, <laughs> but from a football perspective, that's great. And, you know, it's funny, Rob. We have – I think we have three different types of listeners. We have your degenerate gamblers. We have your, you know, like legitimate Pac-12, I just want to hear what's going on in the conference type of people. And then we have the individual – team fans you know like fans of asu and utah and oregon and washington state etc cetera, etc cetera. and yep. i love when we do a podcast that like covers all of those things all at the same time and this show is going to be about the trap games that are littered through like just like filthy filthy landmines throughout the pac-12 season and so if you're a gambler this this we got you covered right these these are the games to circle if you care about the pac-12 this is just, you know, a good keep your head on a swivel type of podcast where you can kind of keep a lookout for things. But most importantly, if you're a fan of a team and you're expecting to go nine and four and maybe challenge for the Pac-12 title, and then all of a sudden you get Wazoo on the leg of nine games without a bye on the road, this might be a problem. <laughs> so we're going to go through all of those things, which I think is going to be incredibly helpful. And Rob, is there, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on trap games? What do the numbers say? I guess it's kind of like this is one of the things where, you know, the numbers are really helpful, but sometimes there are these moments where like the human the human spirit shines through. And uh, what do the numbers have to say about that type of game? I mean, it's definitely something worth looking into. I mean, looking into instances where you have, because I definitely have expected performance in particular games, right? And looking at how do teams perform like either right before or right after 
you know, they're, uh, you know, they have to play somebody particularly good, sort of that look ahead um, or recovery uh, type games. Um, I think that like, that would be something like absolutely worth tracking. And we could also track, I mean, and look at buys too, but there's at the, I mean, it is tough because like, I do think that there's also a good bit of, there's a good bit of sort of like narrative driven. I mean, trap games are definitely real, but like, I think that there's a little bit of an exaggeration on like, Oh yeah, there was an upset. It must've been a trap game, right? Like that kind of thing. Mostly just like you're, you're mostly going to get upset if you turn the ball over a bunch. <laughs> That's very true. I do think that there are some moments and if you now like Rob, you and I are just tortured souls. We've been following Arizona football for too long. So it's not like there's been a lot of uh, bright moments where you have a team that really is looking good. In fact, I would argue that Arizona tends to be on the opposite side of that, where a team has to go to the desert and it's 95 degrees and they're 10 and one, you know, vying for a BCS bowl and, um, and Arizona is sandwiched between like USC and Oregon and those games, I, I have been at many of those games and they are real yeah. and they are frustrating if you're a fan. So, um, it's kind of fun because if you're on the, on the opposite side, the other side of that coin where you're a really good team, these games are so frustrating, but on the other side, like these can be real momentum games for, uh, like a new coach, like Rolovich at Washington state or Jed fish at Arizona or Carl Durrell. Like I would argue Cal is is in a better position than those other two teams. But, you know, th- these are the types of games that you can really build some momentum off if you're able to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're, you know, I mean, like these are games too that, I mean, if you can escape, you know, like if you're good enough to escape a, a poor performance, um, you know, like the, that kind of distance is going to show. I mean, like a lot of people think it's, you know, what defines really good teams in college football is their best nights. And that's somewhat true, but I mean, it's also on their bad nights. Are you, are you good enough to win when you stink up the joint? Um, and then for teams that are looking to build on something, these games can, I mean, if you manage to either pull up the upset or the fact that you show up and play with somebody that no one was expecting to, they're the kind of narrative builders that like can really help in an off season. And I, I don't think that that's, I don't think that that's nothing, right? Like, I mean, I think, you know, there are teams that do carry some, you know, do carry some momentum into the off season sometimes off of particular games, particularly late in the schedule. And I do mean, this is like genuinely playing against good, well against good opponents and that, you know, that giving a sense of confidence, maybe that something's brewing and building something as opposed to sometimes what you see, which is like, you know, like the media narrative will get around a team that like the schedule just let up on the back half. And they're like, all of a sudden like, Oh, this is so much of a better team than we thought. I'm like, no, they're just, they're just playing bad teams. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's always fun. And I think that's the thing that we try to look for at the beginning of the season are the teams that, that the media might have said are going on a roll, but the advanced metrics just show, Hey, you know, like their offense is, is what it was in the first half of the year. They just happen to play bad defenses and really trying to hedge against that momentum as we go into the next season. I think that's always really fun. And that that's a good point where teams just play awful <laughs> schedules in the back half or teams that are actually kind of good. And they just get a murderer's row of like four, te- you know, four teams in a row that you just right. want no part of. I always feel bad for those types of teams. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like they're, they're the, the, the schedule is drives a lot of what we think of you know, within coming, how good you are and what your schedule looks like. And I know college football fans tend to do a lot of like win loss counting when they're evaluating teams. And clearly if you're listening to this podcast, we are, you know, in particular me have tried to hammer home, like, Hey, you know, like 
look at, you know, drive and play level performance, you know, in the games, don't just look at the win loss because, you know, the, the win loss can be a little deceiving sometimes. Um, but in particular for teams that get a, you know, like can get a tough schedule or like, I mean, if you were going to talk about like USC this season, uh, you know, missing both Oregon and Washington, you know, like sometimes you get an easier draw. I mean, I actually think Washington's got a pretty easy schedule this season. Oh, for sure. That That's the one thing where and uh, Washington fans will probably throw spears at us, but I'm still not sold. I want to see this on the field two years in a row. And obviously COVID threw a big wrench into everything. But my knee jerk reaction against Washington is to bet the under and we'll get into the over unders, you know, as, as we go throughout the season, by the way, I have some spicy takes about Colorado with the over under. So buffs fans stay tuned, but Washington's schedule is just so mellow yellow. <laughs> kind of like, okay, you know, even if Washington isn't a transition year and, and is still figuring itself out, it's possible they could go nine and three or something like that in the season and challenge for the North just because they get Arizona and Washington state and Colorado and Stanford. And, you know, just, just yeah. a lot of blah teams where, um, you know, that, that could just, you know, it could just make that season look a lot stronger than it is in reality. And we'll see, you know, and, and that's why you want to look at the point spreads. Like, did they blow out Arizona? Did they just crush Washington state? Did they take a trap yep. game that was, that could have been really a problem and they just like swatted away like a gnat. If Jimmy Lake's doing that, I am all on board, man. That's, that's what I'm looking for this season. But when we're looking at the games here, Rob, I have a bunch, I've, I have, uh, organized them by date. And you might oh, not... I did the opposite. I did it by team. Oh, okay, okay. Well, let's let's talk. Let let's. How about this? Let me let me go. You know, I'll start kind of jumping through the timeline, and then if there's okay. another game that you see on there, go ahead and throw it out. And some of these, some of these are just filthy, filthy trap games, and some of them are just hey, let's just keep an eye on this. And I guess the last thing to say before we start this is. Not all of these games are going to lead to an upset, but they might lead to a, you know the dog covering the spread. And if you're a degenerate gambler, then that's kind of all you need. But uh, if you're a fan, you know having your team win outright could be awesome. Rob, the first game, the earliest one I have, and this is you know on the spicy scale, this would be really really mellow. But Washington State gets USC at home after USC just played Stanford. You know, USC always has that funky game against Stanford at the beginning of the year, and I don't think Stanford's going to be a monster, but this traditionally has been a game where those teams have often gone back and forth, and it could be a, you know one where USC kind of comes out a little bit exhausted, and then they got to go on the road to Pullman to play Wazoo, and that spread, I bet you, is going to be like in the 17 or 18 range, and I think that might be a place where we could start this process. You think USC is going to be an 18-point favorite over Washington State? Um, what, 15? Oh, I mean, I would think it's closer to 10. Ooh, I would, uh, that, that would be, I mean, I, that's, I mean, like, I'm sorry, USC fans. That's, that's just where you sort of project. I mean, they, like... well, that's funny because I started to do my power rankings and I just had USC in my mind as all right in the Pac-12 South, it's going to be SC. And I know the other teams are close. And then I looked at my power rankings and I'm like, oh my gosh, like USC, isn't at the top of my rankings right now. So I could see that. I could see where they're, you know, I mean, the tough thing with USC is like, you can always like in the off season, it's tough. Like, cause you can always talk yourself into the talent and, and it's there. I just like, I'm just not sure that they won't find ways to shoot themselves in the foot again and get the most out. Of, like, I'm, I'm not sure they'll get the most out of that talent, 
But I, I think Washington State has a trap game with Utah State. I think Utah State is terrible, but I think they could look ahead to that game against USC. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, because they've got, I mean, it's the opener. Like the, my my thinking on this, it's the opener. I think they're still doing, like, I think they're still doing some adjusting. I mean, Utah State is going to come in as a substantial, I mean, just a huge underdog in that game. I don't know that Utah State wins, but I think Utah State could cover in that game. Because, I mean, I still, I mean, we still, I still feel like we need to see Washington State put it together. And I feel like they're going to be still working out some kinks on the field. Oh, I absolutely get that. And who who's the coach for uh, Utah State now? Oh, man. Questions I should know. Oh, yeah. No, they got Blake Anderson, who's a pretty good football coach, actually. Like, they got him from Arkansas State, I believe, to come in. He's a, he's a pretty good football coach. Like, uh, the... I, I don't expect that it, like it's going to be an immediate turnaround for him, but like you know he did a good job at, at his prior stop. Is Utah State a better job than Arkansas State? Yeah, the Mountain West is considered like most of those most of those schools in the Mountain West are considered better jobs, have bigger budgets, you know. Um, than I mean, I I would still put the American right now is ahead of where the Mountain West is. Um, but the Mountain West is is probably you know ahead you know the, the the second best conference and as far as like you know pay and 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 really too for a lot of those schools in the Mountain West you know they're you know they they don't have a ton of competition you know because if you look across like yeah you have school you have schools like Utah State that absolutely have you know in state competition for eyeballs but you know Colorado State. I mean, you have Colorado, but there's 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 a lot of eyeballs and you know in Colorado and Colorado State has a pretty big alumni, so you know pretty big alumni set. New Mexico, no competition there. Wyoming, Nevada, and UNLV are you know both you know the big names in their state. Boise State's the big name in Idaho. Like it's not it's not those aren't bad jobs. Okay, all right. Well, let's move on to the next one here. And I think this is I, this one I would I would underline and, and highlight in circle six times. UCLA on October 9th goes into Tucson on the road in a game sandwiched between ASU and Washington. And then they have Oregon and Utah after that. Like this is the letdown of letdown. So they have Stanford on the road. Then they have ASU. And then they have Arizona and Tucson before they have that murderers row of Washington, Oregon and Utah. And I don't look, I don't think Arizona is going to be good this year. So the the no bones about it. With that said, they do have, they've brought in a ton of transfers. So a lot of the talent that you saw on the field that just was a disaster with Kevin Sumlin will likely be replaced with players. And we don't know if he can put it together, but certainly um, there is an influx of talent, whatever that means. And there's some energy about that program. And there's not a lot of games, Rob, when you look at Arizona's schedule that they have at home that are going to be winnable. Um, You know, they have San Diego State, but in the conference, it's Washington, it's Utah, and then it's Cal and UCLA. I think this is a game. And by the way, Arizona comes off a bye. (laughs) So like, I think all of the makings here for, for a possible disaster or at least a, a covering game uh, by the Wildcats in Tucson. Yeah, I mean, I think Arizona is going to be a trap game for a lot of teams this year because I, I just think the expectations for them are going to be so low. And it will it will only be that if, you know, fish real. I mean, I like it. And you and I are both on the same page with this. Like, I fully expect Arizona to lose a lot of games this year. 
I mean, the thing for Fish will be, does he show any progress? And I think they will. I mean, I think they likely will. You should see coaching upgrades on both sides of the ball. Um, and you should see some talent upgrades on both sides of the ball, though quarterback remains a big question. Yeah, yeah. So, um, be, oh, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. so like, I mean, no, but I, I mean, I, I think that one's fair. I mean, another one to keep an eye on is that that early game against Hawaii because you've got LSU. Oh, yeah. And they're getting the kinks out, you know. They, they, they had a pretty good season, all things considered, but now you have Odigazua and, uh, you know, I would have been way more worried if this game was in Hawaii, but still, um, you know, Todd Graham's no slouch and he'll, I mean, he's played in this conference before and I mean, it's different and all that stuff, but I do think that the coaching, like the coaching is good enough at Hawaii where I kind of am a bit worried if I'd be UCLA, um, but there's also a scenario where they just run all over Hawaii and Hawaii. Can't oh stop yeah, them. no, absolutely. I just, my concern would be with, with Hawaii versus, I mean, for UCLA, you know, is like, is there, a, is there a team that we, you would talk about, you know, in the pac 12 that you would have more confidence in having at least one four turnover game? Well, that, that end, how good is UCLA's defense? Because yeah. it was a disaster in every year that didn't have a national international pandemic in it. <laughs> yep. So it's very possible that Hawaii's gonna just put up points and UCLA's gonna put up points and now we're in a good old fashioned shootout. But yep. um, yeah, I can definitely see that, especially with LSU on the horizon, you know, and it's a week zero game, just a lot of weird things going on there. That that's a good call. Also, Rob, on October 9th, so USC catches Utah. After Utah gets a bye, and they got to go now. They do have you. They do have Utah at home, but Utah. This is a big net crack. Net crack, yeah, net crack game where it's it's Weber State. They got BYU, which they've won like a gazillion times. You know they're they're kind of getting their kinks out with San Diego State. They have Wazoo at home, and there's that bye, so they have time to prepare in Whittingham and Scally with time to prepare against a USC team that I think could be quite disappointing this year. I, I yeah. would really be worried about that if I were a Trojan fan. Yeah, and uh, not that I mean I don't think I don't think USC is good enough, and I don't think Utah is going to Utah right now doesn't sneak up on anyone anymore. Um, but Utah, you're right on a bye. Um, that's a tough one. Uh, you know, and I, you know, I, I, I think that they will show up really well prepared and ready to play. Um, and then you, you know, USC has a, I mean, USC has got their bye week right after that. Um, you know, you hope they're not looking forward to it. Yeah. They got six games in a row, right? This is the, the sixth game on a, on a stretch without a bye. So one of the things I was listening to our friends at the Quack 12 podcast and Alicia Deartola was on there and they were just talking about some injury issues, right? And, and Utah, or I'm sorry, USC has had them uh, in Legion, <laughs> so many injuries on that team. And the departure of like Jay Toya, I think is how you say his name, the defensive tackle that went to UCLA yeah. um, with, with major issues that they've had on the linebacking core and on the defensive line, like people are going to be banged up in that game. And Utah had a whole week and a half to, to heal and prepare. And you know that that team is going to come out, uh, particularly with what happened that last time when they went to USC. I think that's going to be a game they're going to circle on their schedule. So uh, keep a lookout for that one. I have another one at, at on 10-9, Rob, unless, unless you want to bring another one up here. No, no, go ahead. All right, ASU has a Friday night game at home, but it's against Stanford, Rob against Stanford right before they get Utah 
and this is the sixth game in a row without a bye for the Sun Devils. And I look, I like right after right after UCLA. Yeah, on the road at UCLA. So this is a sandwich game between two teams that should be, you know, have pretty good schedules on Friday. And it's not like Stanford can't put up points here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's one of the things that like with with the Stanford squad is and two, I mean, you know, like if you're I, I still think this is true. I mean, if you're able to slow down ASU's running game, you know, like I you know, stand, I, I do think that teams are going to be more willing to load up the box and see if they can just make Daniels beat them this year, you know, and, and also come up and press, you know, and, and force him to try to beat you over the top. You know, you're you, you're willing to take you know if you're willing to take that chance, like you know if he has an off you know if he has an off night, I you know I think you could be in some trouble there. And I agree. I mean, I think Stanford's going to be able to put up some points again this year. Just it it is for me like you know I mean maybe the defense bounces back to just being pretty bad. But yeah, I mean I I, I circled this game too for Arizona State. I I think this could potentially be a tough game. Plus, you know. <laughs> And this is true. I mean, both Herm and David Shaw love to go turtle. You know, like you, if if anybody gets up by ten points, like that that is the least safe lead, at, you know, in history because like that, you know, it could be it could be in the first quarter, and the you know, like you know, Shaw and Herm are going to both call in the dogs and and try to run out the clock. And it could be Shaw and you know, David or Marvin Lewis or. Shaw and yeah. Zach Hill. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows who the coach is going to be on that front? You know, what's funny is on the flip side of that. So we just talked about Stanford being a possible trap game for ASU, but Stanford the next week has to go on the road to the Palouse, and let so let's say they knock off Stanford or they're really close to Stanford. Now they got to tra- they got to travel to Pullman, and they got to play Wazoo, and this would be Stanford's seventh game without a bye. They're the the team there's only one other team in the Pac-12 that doesn't have a buy later than Stanford and actually is Washington State so both of these teams could be really banged up but I just think it's fascinating that there's there's this possibility where Stanford does really well against ASU and then and it just gets punched in the mouth by the run and shoot because <laughs> that defense is terrible yeah. Rob. yeah I agree like I I, I think you know that that this could be a tough game for them as well. You know the for, for Stanford because they've they've got Washington sort of looming. Um, you know, and that's a game that you always feel like Stanford shows up for. Um, you know, they they have struggled so much defensively. I feel like Washington State by this point should have some of the kinks worked out, particularly offensively. And I, I like Jaden Delora. You know, like I think he can make a lot of throws. So, you know that 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 is, that is a good watch out game for them. A good trap game for the Cardinal. All right. What else you got? Uh, you know, another one for Stanford, and this is not to, I, I did not pick this to win, but to cover is Vanderbilt because it's sandwiched in between USC and UCLA. And they are going to be absolutely expecting to just blow out Vanderbilt on the road. And I, I expect them to, but I also like, I would apps, I would absolutely look to put money on Vanderbilt there. <laughs> Oh no. And they changed their coach too, right? Not to win to cover because like they have a new head coach. Um, you know, they, they, they were one of the teams that absolutely collapsed last season. You know, they're going to be, you know, Stanford should be a pretty significant favorite, you know, in that game. But I mean, if there's anybody you don't trust to run up the score, it's Shaw. Um, and coming right in between, you know, really, I mean, like smack dab in between, I mean, like, you know, there's a, you have a trip, you know, you play in Los Angeles, then you have a trip to Nashville, and then you're playing back home in Palo Alto. 
I guess two two teams that they, there is a rivalry, you know, between USC, you know, and, and Stanford, UCLA and Stanford. Like, so just keep an eye on keep an eye on that one. I would I I would maybe take the under on that one, or you know, like put a little money on Vanderbilt to cover. I like what you're thinking. I'm typing this in now, right now, it says Stanford Vandy, because that is a good call. That one escaped by me when I was taking a look. I was more doing conference games, but that that's a good call, Rob. Um, here's here's a filthy one, Utah. Going on the road to Corvallis, home of the Giant Killers, Rob. After Oregon State is going to come off of a bye, and Utah will have just played USC and ASU. And if there's one thing we know about Corvallis, is there is just the uh, many many programs, power programs, have been buried there <laughs> under the fog in Oregon because I just feel like for whatever reason that stadium could get real weird. Um, it's a fun fan base and it's a team that's going to be able to put up some points and maybe challenge that secondary a little bit. If Jebbia gets his act together, I don't know, maybe he doesn't. Um, <laughs> but still, if that offense is humming, it is possible that Oregon state can get their act together because I do also like their linebacking core. I'm not as big fan of their defensive line. So it's possible that Utah can run all over them, but just a real awful spot. If you're Utah. Yeah. I mean, I think this is a tough one potentially for them, right? Like they're coming off Arizona state. You know, they're on the road. They've got UCLA following that. Those are games that they're absolutely, you know, going to keep an eye on. They're going to have, I mean, that Arizona State game, you know, really has a potential to be a little bit of a banger um, because we do expect Arizona State's defense to be pretty good. I mean, enough to give the Utes trouble for sure because Utah hasn't, you know, wasn't overwhelming at all last season offensively. Uh, But we expect Arizona State to show up and try to run the football. Uh, on the Utes and the Utes are going to have a good defense, but that, 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 I think I expect that to be a pretty physical game. And then you got to go on the road to the Beavers and they're, they're a team you can overlook, but I mean, I, I think Jonathan Smith with the week to prepare is, is dangerous. Woe to those who take two weeks to prepare. I should say. Yeah. 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 That's a lot of time to uh, cook up something to take away whatever tendencies that Utah has going in there and woe to anybody that takes the Beavs for uh, granted when they're on the road Rob, I have some other ones here, but what, what do you got? Throw one out here. Uh, you know, one that I, uh, you know, I have to keep an eye on is like for, for Colorado is, you know, that, uh, that Arizona game as well. Um, you know, I think, like I said, like Arizona is going to be bad enough that I think they're going to show up as a, as a potential, uh, you know, uh, but they're for, for Colorado, they're going to be coming off a game against USC and, you know, and, and Arizona state, like in some ways it depends. Like if they, if, if Colorado is able to pull off an upset against ASU or USC, Arizona could be a trap game. If not, then they should be pretty focused in that game. Yeah. The one like Colorado's got a tough, I mean like Colorado's got a tough opener. Oh, Northern Colorado. Of course. No, no, no. I mean, A&M, Minnesota, Arizona state, USC. That's brutal. Just bang, 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 bang. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, the one thing that Arizona or that Colorado has going for it is they do have that buy after USC. So, and Arizona's got to go to. It's funny because I had this on the opposite side, but more on like a okay. really low, low spice kind of uh, area where ASU going on the road and facing Colorado probably after they got their, I wouldn't say get their head handed to them, but like, you know, I would assume that USC beats them. And then they get the week and a half to prepare for Arizona. So any any like tomfoolery that's happened under Jetfish, I think, will be well documented. Um, so I actually would give Colorado the the heads up there uh, over Arizona. But 
but I can see how, you know, if they beat USC, um, you know, and go with a little bit of momentum and they could just, you know, take that week to go tap the Rockies and have some good parties and Boulder and just not prepare for Arizona. I mean, the other flip though is like, I mean, if Colorado is just getting, you know, just gets and some of these, I mean, that Minnesota game projects as, as a, as a toss up, but you know, if A&M just blitzes them, you know, if ASU is able to run all over them and let's say USC pours it on, I mean, like if they're zero and four, you know, or one and four heading into that Arizona game, like that, that, that's one to watch out for then too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, we got plenty of more here and let's get to a few more sleazy trap games right after this. I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, we're back. And Rob, I have one that just is inappropriate. And it features UCLA. This is October 30th. UCLA has to go to Salt Lake City after they just played Washington and Oregon. And this will be UCLA's seventh game in a row without a bye. <laughs> like, they could get their asses kicked by Utah here. It's pretty, I mean, I like UCLA to improve and be pretty good this year. But they they definitely got a rough schedule with which to do it on. Right. I mean, and, and you're right. I mean, they're going to have, you know, they go on the road for Washington, they get Oregon that at home, you know, and they, then, then they're, you know, they get to go face Utah. It's, I agree. I mean, I, and it, it depends on where they are with you know, injuries and such. Right. But it's also, it's, it's hard. It's hard to imagine. I mean, other than the fact that they haven't had to buy that kind of thing and that it, you know, they are, you know, Utah, is sort of finishing the really tough stretch of the schedule for them. Um, it's also hard for me to think of Utah sneaking up on anyone. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I just think, uh, and, and clearly Rob, like we said before the week prior, Utah's going to lose on the road to the beeves. So, I mean, they're just going to be focused for this game. They're going to have their head on a <laughs> swivel and they're going to be ready to go. Yeah. I, I don't think Utah's going to creep up on any, anybody, but I do think that there are these games that Utah keeps close and there are games where yeah. Utah just runs away with it. And this could be one where yeah. they could run away with it. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. I mean, Utah is definitely a team that can, in particular, I mean, watching Dorian Thompson Robinson trying to deal with Utah's green dog blitz, um, that could be problematic for a guy that likes to hold on to the football and, and also has some you know slippery fingers. Yeah, and, and UCLA has played Utah well in the past. And, you know, those slippery fingers cost UCLA that game against Utah a few years ago. We were watching it with our friend Adam Chimeo and Eugene. So I'm, I'm quite familiar with those games, but uh, something to keep a lookout for. And in that same vein, Rob, same week, um, let's go over to Tempe, where Washington State has to go on the road to a hot Tempe coming off of a, and ASU has just come off a bye. And Rob, this will be Washington State's ninth game in a row without a bye. So this could be one of the most beat up teams in the country. Who knows how their defense is going to perform? Who knows how their quarterback's going to hold up? And then they got to go on the road to probably a pretty pissed off ASU team <laughs> with uh, God knows what's going on on the coaching front there. 
Yeah, I mean, this one's interesting for me because I think this might be a trap game for ASU. What? Because, no, and listen, hear me out here. So, you, yeah, I mean, yeah, ASU, like, they're going to have the bye before they get Washington State. But, like, ASU is going to have UCLA, Stanford, Utah. Then they have a bye. Then they get Washington State. Then they have USC and Washington following that right after. Like, this Washington State game is right in the middle of the tough stretch for them. Even with the bye, like, you just kind of wonder how much time if ASU is either rolling through the schedule coming into this or or if they are licking their wounds after a pretty brutal fight with Utah, if they really are focused. Oh, that's true. I, I guess I would be more inclined to roll with the Sun Devils if they really get creamed by Utah. Like, if they... It's yeah, just, I mean, if if they got smacked in the face by Utah, I mean, if it's uh, what I what I would like, if it was a tough game, you know, down to the wire against the Utes, like, man, this Washington State game with with USC right after, <laughs> and Washington, <laughs> Washington right after that, like, it just kind of feels like, I mean, uh, you know, ASU, you know, you know, they're they're not going to talk about doing like you know any, you know any kind of look ahead, but oof, it's a tough one. Yeah, in that same vein, too, Two, three games later, ASU has Oregon State on the road after they just played USC in Washington. <laughs> so, yeah. they, you know, yeah. like if you're an if you're an ASU fan, hopefully this kind of highlights, you know, I know on if you just look at the teams on their schedule, the, the schedule is OK. But once you start putting them into context, I think this could be a really tricky schedule to navigate, given the leadership issues right now at that university. I mean, like. I know a lot of people have been pushing for ASU to win the South, but man, there's a lot of, a lot of spots here that I don't like at all. Yeah. There's, there's a lot here that, that, you know, that this schedule lines up pretty tough for them. Right. I mean, you have, you know, you have, I mean, even with, you know, a team like Stanford, a team you expect them to be able to beat, you know, Stanford can absolutely, I mean, as Washington knows, Stanford can show up and beat you. You know, and they, I mean, it does sort of feel like they, they really do need to like they need to get through the the first part of their schedule. You know, those first four games without any hiccups, UNLV, BYU, Colorado or their FBS games. You know, they need to get through that, you know, sort of with some flaw, you know, some, you know, with three wins, you know, because it, there could be some it could be a little bit of a bumpy ride in there. And I could absolutely see them if you look down the back stretch of that schedule, like, you know dropping an Oregon state or a Washington state game along the way. Woof. Woof. Man, I, I just wish they had gotten away with all that stuff because uh, it's a bummer. It seemed like this was the year where ASU really could put everything together. And if you had a stable coaching situation, I think this is a scenario where that steady hand, the proven hand, get your team focused, just take care of your business. But if that leadership isn't there, I think it can really be an issue. And this could be a real rocky year for ASU if they don't really stay focused on that. Uh, what, do, what do you got? I got a bunch of them here. Anything else you want to throw out? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, another, uh, you know, interesting one, I think, for, for teams is like if we have, um, you know, Utah, I think Utah has a, a watch out for, for Arizona. And I don't say it's like necessarily to beat them, but like I would watch out for, Arizona to, to cover in that game because they've got Arizona right after Stanford. They have Stanford on the road. They get Arizona on the road, but they've got Oregon coming up right after that. Yeah. And that Oregon game is going to be a big deal. The yep. one, the one thing that gives me pause is for a while, 
those Arizona Utah games were always really competitive. And then, and then all of a sudden, like they, they just totally crossed on the chart where one one program was going one way and one is the other one. Like if there's one game where I think if it could be a trap game, I would want it to be against Arizona if I were Utah, because they're just going to be able to run the ball. Oh yeah. They're going to, I I like Oregon to win almost no matter what they do in that game. But I think Arizona could sneak up and cover. Okay. Okay. Let's uh, it's likely going to be a pretty big spread. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> yeah. Arizona's going to be like what one and nine or something like that too. Yeah. And I don't, I just, I don't like, I, 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 and Utah, Utah needs to show me some quarterbacking better than last year and don't give me Connor Brewer stats. I watched Connor Brewer in the big 12. Oh, all, I like, want all that Connor Brewer smoke. I want all of it, Rob. I'm all like, in. Just, <laughs> get out with that like come on like, we got Whittingham uh, pumping him up right after spring practice Whittingham pumps up nobody except his calves that's the only thing that cat pumps up and he wants he wants all of that Connor Brewer I'm I'm all in but we'll see we'll see it could be you can, you can be all you you're more than welcome to be all in on Connor Brewer I, I mean I've watched and and as and I have some some friends that uh, cover Baylor pretty closely and they 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 knew they knew Brewer's limitations Okay. All right. Well, we'll we'll definitely tackle that when we get to the season win totals because ooh, ooh, Utah, give me the shivers here. Um, let's go on to okay. Let's give Cal some love. Let's give Cal some love here. Um, November thirteenth, USC catches Cal on the road after USC just played Notre Dame and ASU, and I think that could be one where it gets me a little bit of a pause. This will be USC's second road game in a row. They will have gone to Tempe. Um, and went to Cal, and I almost put that Arizona game, that sandwich between Notre Dame and, and ASU, as a possible trap game. But I just didn't want to talk about Arizona the whole the whole time. Like I just yeah. think I think it's a team that's going to be under. They're not going to win, but they could be just over overlooked often. But this Cal game on the road, right? You got so you got Notre Dame, Arizona, at US or at ASU, and then you got to go to Berkeley, and then after that you have that rivalry game against UCLA. I think this is a game where Cal can be pretty sneaky good, and like if there's a couple games where I think Cal might be able to actually win outright, this might be one of them, Rob. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think this is a fair one. You know, UCLA is kind of you know potentially jump out to them, you know, or to USC anyway, right? Like as, as and if they if they fall flat against Arizona State. You know, like they, they might not come into, and that's what, I mean, I, so I would also keep an eye on that BYU game at the end of the season too, as a trap game for SC, because it's not a conference game. If they've already crapped the bed in conference and, you know, it looks like Clay Helton may be on his way out. Oh, like, yeah. you know, I'd watch out for BYU because BYU's for, you know, replacing a ton of production right now, but they'll, they'll be seasoned veterans by the time that game rolls around. The, the only thing that could counter that, and I love that narrative. That's quite good. Um, but if they fire Helton uh, in the middle of the season, it's going to be after that UCLA game. And then you get that rally around the coordinator, you know, fight for the coach oh, that just yeah. got fired. Oh, like how many times have you seen teams just run into that buzzsaw? So just something I was there looking. at the game where Arizona played UCLA right after they fired Mike Stoops. Oh. And, um, and Tim, uh, oh, I, I, can, I can picture his face. The and kish? then he went on to. Tim Kish, yeah, was your coach, and they they implement like they had a bye week, and they implemented the double flex Eagle defense to contain <laughs> UCLA's run game, and like this is the year that Newheisler got fired too, 
but like that game, like Arizona was up by like 30 points in the first half. There was the, uh, the streaker that dressed like a ref and like snuck onto the field and like stole the football. <laughs> like he whistled, the, he whistled the play dead, <laughs> ran in and grabbed the football and it took everyone like five seconds. And then he just takes off running and stripping. And then as like everyone in the stadium is watching him, a benches cl- clearing brawl breaks out like all right before halftime. Like it was like, all you're like your head whips around. You're like, wait a minute. Like all of these colors in the, the corner of my vision, you're like, Oh shoot, that's a benches clearing brawl. Like yeah, things get real <laughs> wild. I, I love when the coaches, well, I don't love when coaches get fired, but I love the reaction because sometimes teams just fall flat on their face and they're done. But most of the time, you know, that team rallies around. Think of a uh, coach O at USC, where he, you know, he was able to kind of inject some life into that program. And anyway, there's, there's just some interesting moments here with those fired coaches. So something to look out for UW. This is on the 16th. I don't know why I have it on the 16th, but Washington comes off a bye and catches UCLA after UCLA travels to Tucson and then has Oregon and Utah next. So that was a lot of words, but basically, you know, you UCLA just gets off of the road. And then they have to face, I mean, just a brutal stretch of Oregon and Utah. But that Washington team, Rob, again, like I'm not quite certain if they're going to get the job done. So that could be like a eight and three or seven and three Washington team that might not have the full attention of the uh, of the Bruins as they prepare for a couple bigger games coming up in the future. Yeah, I mean, I think that's true. I mean, I you know, UCLA has just got a brutal stretch right after Arizona, right? Washington, Oregon, Utah. Uh, I mean, that's, that's a tough run. <laughs> um, and two of those are on the road. You know, I, I agree. I mean, I think that that could be a, you know, a, a tough game, a watch out game. We certainly expect Washington's defense to, to be stout this year and have a real big bounce back, but it does. I mean, like you and I both have questions about what that Washington, you know, uh, offense is going to be like, as you've highlighted, right? Like without a Digazua, what are we really working with <laughs> UCLA defensively? I think is I think it is a is a potential watch. I mean, UCLA's got enough. Their schedule sets up on the front half. I don't think Washington will be taking them lightly at all coming into this game because I think it sets up on the front half that like if UCLA plays up to expectations, you know they might only you know they might come in there you know sitting at five and one. You know, so yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that if they come in five and one, they might be feeling their oats a little bit. Although it might be true too that, like, I mean, if they come out and have a real tough game, you know, maybe that Oregon game is the trap game because maybe they just have a slobber knocker game against the Huskies and then have to play Oregon right after. Yeah, that could be true. I think the one thing that adds a little bit more weight to UCLA climbing uphill is that Washington comes off a bye. And yeah. giving Jimmy Lake another another extra week to prepare for whatever Chip Kelly has put on, um, I, I I'll take that I'll take that bet. <laughs> I just think that yeah. Washington's going to come out yeah. prepared and really shut down the offense, and you know hopefully they'll be able to put up points. That'll be I think the bigger question for the Huskies as they go into the season. But um, that's a lot. Can going Washington shut down UCLA? I mean UCLA's run game was really good last year. I mean can Washington effectively shut down UCLA's run game? without having to bring any of the safeties down because you know where Washington safeties sit, which is not in your field of vision. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Um, All right. We have a couple more here. Let's get to them. And one of them I think is, is like if, if I, if I have big black permanent marker stars, they're going to be around this one. 
and let's get to it right after this. All right, we're back talking trap games in the Pac-12. We've gone through a lot of them, Rob. This this is um this is this was a long exercise, but a fun one. Yeah, yeah. These are these are. It's fun to go through the schedule, you know, and and see where like the potential, you know, the there is the potential for a real interesting sort of game that that may not pop up on the. I mean, it may not pop up in the radar. It may not be the game that gets picked up by you know, Fox or ESPN, it may be like, you know, like a late game on the Pac-12 network, but. I have a couple more here. I have four and three of okay. them are in the same week, but do you have any lingering ones? Any ones that are remaining on your radar here? No, no, let's, let's get to yours. Okay. Here, here's the big one, Rob. And it, and it focuses on Arizona again, but this is a game that Washington state was put on this earth to win. Arizona goes to the Palouse on a Friday before the Territorial Cup. This will be their seventh game, Arizona, in a row without a bye. You can say anything you want about Jedfish. Maybe he has this program rolling, and by rolling, I mean like three wins and they're competitive. You know, bet that's the best case scenario for Arizona. I don't care how he, how much life and enthusiasm he has injected into this team. In the best case scenario, Arizona goes to Washington State and just gets their head handed to them by Washington. This is what Washington State does, right? <laughs> like you come there on a Friday night, and if you don't have perfect leadership and an ex an extra, like an extraordinary team with great defense and offense, you lose. And and that's the best case scenario. Worst case scenario is Arizona is one and nine and they're just hampered with injuries. They have no depth. And now they got to play that run and shoot against Washington state and they lose by even more. I, I think this is like one of the biggest games that I will have circled for the entire year. What say you? I mean, here's the counter to that, though, is like that Arizona game is sandwiched in between Oregon and Washington for Wazoo. Yeah, I mean, they, and they're coming. They've chopped this game's as losses. They've, they've already written those off. They're coming off Arizona State. They're going to get, you know, they're probably going to get waxed by Oregon. Here's the, here's, here's the question of that, though, is like, all right, you know, let's say Fish is starting to put it together a little bit more. Don Brown is, too. Like, where do you think Washington state's defense is? I mean, I think Arizona could like, I think this is a game like Washington state should be like, you know, a, a 10 point favorite on, um, you know, and if Arizona goes up there and turns the ball over, it could get real ugly, of course, real fast, but I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think this is a game that like, it sort of depends on like if, if Arizona's, you know, doing a good job, has the system fully installed, um, but I don't know where Dickert's going to have this this Washington State defense this next season. I see. I'm saying it doesn't matter. I think it doesn't I think matter. They, the, the Arizona's I, just going to go up there. The, the 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 Palouse magic is just. But here's like, you know, Washington State's a team that I mean, some of those night games I mean are in the Palouse are are, are classic Pac-12 after dark. Partly because you just like since Alex Grinch left, like it's sort of like everyone puts up points. <laughs> <laughs> that that is true. Uh, that could be a close one. I just think that, you know, you mentioned if Arizona turns the ball over. I guess my argument is just looking at this game on paper. Arizona is going to turn the ball over. I just think that th- these are one of those games where it's just it's it just is what it is. Like you you have to go basically play on Pluto, um, you know, in front of like you know ten thousand fireball nipped up fans. <laughs> that are just overhyped. And if I'm, you know, I, I'm sure that if you, you're Rolovich, you're looking at this back half of the schedule and going, all right, which one do I really want to circle? 
that I think we can win. I think maybe it's ASU on the road, but like that's their last home game. It's going to be senior night. It's on Friday. It's going to be cold. Arizona, by the way, if you want to bet against Arizona, you bet against Arizona in the north where they have to play where it's cold because those hands get real tight, real fast. <laughs> I just feel like, I mean, I, yeah. I agree, but I mean like Washington state schedule back half is tough, right? Like let's say they lose to BYU, you know, like I, I mean, they're going to be a pretty big underdog to ASU. They're going to be a big, they're going to be a bigger underdog to Oregon. Then all of a sudden you're a substantial favorite against Arizona. And then you're going to be another pretty big underdog to Washington. Okay. All right. I, I just, I mean, I don't disagree. I mean, like it absolutely feels like a game that, I mean, in part, I mean, it's partly true too. Cause like towards the end, like Rich Rod just got absolutely freaking smoked. And then so did Sumlin by Leach, right? Like those games, <laughs> those games, I mean, Arizona gave up roughly a bajillion, like, I mean, almost 600 yards. It felt like almost 600 yards passing every time at, to Washington state post, 2014 right like it was it was always just a massive offensive explosion for the kooks against arizona yeah i also think seven days seven weeks without a bye i oh, mean it's gonna be rough and, and no i don't depth. think arizona's i don't think arizona has the depth yeah i think that i mean we saw last year walk-ons playing multiple weeks at the tight end and safety and linebacker and God knows where else. And I just think that it, it could get, I mean, it won't be that dire this time, but it'll certainly be fr- like true freshmen, you know, like community college transfers that they hope, you know, work out when they throw them out into the fire. So anyway, it could be, could be a, an interesting play there. All right. Another one I have that is interesting. I wouldn't, you know, star this one, but Colorado has Washington at home at altitude after Washington played Oregon and ASU. And yeah, I, I think this Colorado team, when we go to our season win totals, you know, I kept, I kept matching Colorado up with different teams and going, Oh, like, you know, cause normally what I'll do is I'll go, okay, can Colorado stop, you know, Washington's run game? Yeah, maybe depends on how late, you know, if there are injuries, but I like their defensive line. I like their linebackers. I think they're quite good. Can Colorado stop Washington's passing game? Um, I don't think Washington's passing game is going to be that good, <laughs> but that's like the weakness of Colorado. You know, and I kind of go through this process, but at home after Washington has just two monster games, if they're really going to take the PAC 12 North, they got to win those two. I just think this is a place where Colorado can get a little frisky here up. No, I agree. I mean, I had this circled as well. I mean, I think after ASU uh, and Oregon, right. Then you get Colorado coming in. I do. I do really like, I mean, I, I, you know, it was a little bit of a head scratcher at first when Tyson Summers lost his job as Colorado's DC, but I like Chris Wilson, um, you know, as their, as their DC coming into this year for the buffs. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm less, I'm less enthusiastic, if you will, about Colorado's offense versus this Washington defense. But it also feels like a game that like, you know, Washington's going to have, I mean, Washington just tends to have these games, you know, really since 2017, you know, I mean, really, I, you could argue since 2018 when, uh, you know, the new offensive coordinator took over and then now we've got Donovan, you know, the, they just don't seem to be able to really pull away from people unless the, the other team is totally inept. Um, and I don't think Colorado is going to be totally inept and, and, and Colorado could keep this game close. And then, you know, one turn, you know, one bad turnover from the Huskies and, you know, they could lose. Yeah, it could get, it could get pretty weird. 
Uh, you know, I we, also think Stanford, I think Stanford, I mean, the Stanford problem is sort of real, but like the Pac-12 didn't do them any favors by putting Stanford right in front of Oregon. <laughs> That's very true. That, that Actually, I'm glad you brought that up because that is a problem and they got to go on the road to go play them. Yeah. And there's a, they, they've had, whatever it is, you know, maybe... Maybe David Shaw is stealing signs with that poker face he has. Uh, <laughs> like I don't know what it is, but they've had some problems playing Stanford. Well, you also feel, I mean, like, and maybe some of it's too last. I mean, they're going to horsewhip Arizona, even on the road. I mean, they're just yeah. going to absolutely wax Arizona. And you hope that it doesn't have, like, I mean, like, and I, I mean, I was talking to some Husky fans last year, and I mean, I think people overblew, you know, like, way, way overblew that, you know, the way they beat down an Arizona team that it turns out was utterly in collapse. But Washington, I think, got like rattled to a little bit too much of their press clippings last season. Like, you hope they don't do that again because like they were, you know, everyone was talking about their epic all-time performance against Arizona. You know, then they, they, they didn't play particularly well after that. No, no, not at all. I'm glad you brought that one up. I, I had forgotten about that. And I think we had talked about it even earlier in the season when we unveiled the schedule. It's like, oh, no, they got to go to Stanford before they play uh, USC or Oregon, whoever it was. Yeah, Oregon. Um, yeah, that is a problem. Um, that's one I'm going to definitely put in bold because, and, and you know that spread. You know, I think Vegas has caught up a little bit. But I don't think betters have caught up. So I think Vegas is going to hang a number out there just to bring in the attention. Um, and it'd be a nice uh, nice game to fade there on the opposite side. We talked about ASU at the Beavs. Uh, the last one that I have, Rob, uh, well, uh, well do, you have, do you have any other ones that we didn't cover here? No, no, I think we got it. Okay. Last one I have is Cal. Cal gets UCLA, and you know we don't talk as much about Cal as as I would like, and I'm glad that we got them at least one win here in this trap situation. But they're on the opposite side here. Cal has to go to UCLA. This is Cal's third road game out of four games that they've played, and it'll be their seventh game without a bye. And that's that's tough. That's a tough spot for them to be in. I don't particularly trust their run defense either, Rob. I think this is a scenario where UCLA, uh, which has a bye a few weeks before, so it's not like they're coming off fresh, but they do at least have some time to heal. I think this is a scenario where UCLA can leave in a high note this season. Yeah, I mean, I think that's true. I mean, I uh, this is a tough game for them. I think UCLA is a tough matchup for this Cal defense because where they have struggled, you know, is against the run. I think UCLA, as we saw last season, I, I do expect them to be able to show up and run the ball pretty well again. I, you know, and it, it, this game coming right after the, you know, the game against Stanford, you just kind of, and, and a game against USC, you just kind of wonder what Cal's going to have left in the tank for this UCLA game. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think, and without the depth and, and, and already like they lost their big guy in the middle, which is a major problem for them. I think it's Brett Johnson was the tackle that they were really excited about. So we're already, you know, on the second string here trying to stop that run and UCLA boy, howdy. I think they're going to get a lot of uh, yards on the ground there. So we'll have to take a look. You know, it's not like DTR runs the ball a ton. Uh, I actually think the yards are going to just come from the running backs, like in a traditional, well, yeah. Try to stop us type of game. And uh, who knows? Who knows? You know, maybe Cal can put it together. If their offense is good, I am not as bullish on UCLA's secondary and defense this year as I think some of the writers are. So there's a scenario where they really are able to stay in this game and, and pull off the win. But it's just a bad spot for them to be in to start. And that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and I think like some of the things that Cal does 
I think really well. I, I do like what they've been able to do in the secondary. I mean, UCLA just, you know, I mean, the, the game funnels through the running game and, and the tight ends. And that, that is a tougher matchup for the Bears. Yeah. Well, that's it. That's all I have, Rob. Um, send, everybody send us your, if you have any trap games that we missed, I thought we did a pretty comprehensive job combing through the schedule. I can't believe I missed the Stanford and the Vandy one though, Rob. That was, that was a good call there. <laughs> Bringing those, <laughs> those are pretty solid. <laughs> um, but let us know if, if there are any other games we should be keeping an eye out for. Hopefully this is helpful. I will try to keep these, um, this document kind of fresh so that when we go through the weekly games that I'll have this circled and ready to go. I know that was one of the things Max is so good at is identifying those types of games. So that hopefully this will help bring that along as we continue to come through the schedule. But Rob, I saw you got to ball state, right? Where are you, where are you at now? With the yeah, I just finished with Kentucky and I, I've got a call. I've got a preview Colorado, but I, I unfortunately have to do some actual work work tonight. So I will not be previewing the buffs. So I'm going to try to get to them this week. Yeah, we got season win totals we're going through. I got through the four out of the six in the Pac-12 South. And then by the end, it's kind of like you're just pinging your numbers out, like off of one another. So uh, yeah. the North should be a little bit easier as I go through. The, the interesting thing, though, is like, um, and it always trips me up because there's one team that I will either over, um, it, I have higher expectations than I should or lower expectations. And then when you start comparing them to other teams, you're like, oh, well, actually that linebacking and defensive end core isn't actually good at all. And then you got to gotta go through and, and reevaluate all your other games and usually shaves off like a, a tenth of a point or two tenths of a point and stuff. So that's been a fun exercise to go through to start. Um, I should just start by the best teams and then go down to the worst teams. But I, for whatever reason, I just started in alphabetical order by conference or by division. So uh, maybe oh. not the best way to do that. So <laughs> see, I, I keep seeing Arizona's number tick further down <laughs> as they go through the other teams. I'm like, oh yeah, they're actually not going to stop those guys or those guys either. Oh, actually not those guys. So it's a pretty pretty fun uh, thought experiment uh we will get into those uh, as we move through the season i know a number of those numbers finally came out and um send us any topics anything you want us to cover there wasn't a lot of news this week but uh we are trying to keep our head on a swivel and and report anything that we think is a uh, an interesting item to cover uh anything else in your end rob no no i think we're good all right well thanks everybody for tuning in we will catch everybody next week